This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aid, and this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. And this is season 16, episode 6, Aid. Hello, hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am good. I'm jealous of you. <laughs> How was your week? Tell the people. My week was great. In between now and the last time we recorded, I went to the Dominican Republic on vacation. I had never been to the Dominican Republic. It was amazing. Um, I went to an all-inclusive. I'd never been to an all-inclusive before. It was just, it was warm. It was real warm. (laughs) Yes. And I have to tell the people, I rode, well, drove an ATV and a buggy. (laughs) If you don't know what that means, Aid has mentioned that this has been on her list, something she's wanted to do. Since since we watched uh, Paige and Chris fight with their castmates after they did that activity. From the time we watched that episode, I've been like, I want to do that. And I just never did it. But like the first thing when they were like, okay, what do you want to do while you're here? I was like, do you have ATVs and buggies? I want to do that. (laughs) My friend would not go with me. She kept on being like, do they have helmets? Am I going to have to send you home to your family in like a body bag? I'm like, it'll be fine. And it was fine. Wait, you drove without helmets? No, we did have helmets. Oh, I was about to say. I was like... That's uh, our first question was like, do they have helmets? Okay. Uh I don't think the helmets would have done much for me, but I mean, good to have. (laughs) Great. All right. Well, welcome back to reality. Thank you. And to the cold. Come back to the trenches with us. So you might still have your vacation brain, but do you have anything to tell the people? Do you have any updates? I still have vacation brain, but I do want everybody to know... That since I'm back from vacation, After Party will be on Patreon on Monday. We're still doing Love is Blind After the Altar Season 3. That'll be coming in February. And yeah, that's what we have coming for you. Yeah. And honestly, the way they keep making announcements, there's just a lot more shows that are coming up. So we're sure, like, we're going to have a lot of stuff we're going to be doing. Yeah. So join our Patreon if you haven't. So, Tane, what's going on? 
there's a, there seems to be a lot. Aid, what is not going on? Like, <laughs> I don't know where to start. But before I get into the people, I feel like I need to give a couple of shout outs. Like we say this all the time and we genuinely mean it. We have like the best listeners. Like for the most part, y'all, you guys are so kind and we really, truly appreciate it. I want to give a shout out to Masha for a great time. I want to give a shout out to Erin. She sent us traders information, the trader, sorry, the TV show that we talked about and covered in our Patreon. I did not know that there was an Australian version. Did you know that? I did not know that. I did not know that. And if you say Australia in a reality TV show, I am there. A does not agree with me, but I think the Australians really know how to do <laughs> reality shows. So I did catch up on the UK version. I got to tell you that it's better than the US. I plan to watch it. It's on my list. Yes. And now I have FOMO and I will watch the Australian whenever I get a chance to. Uh, another shout out to Trisha. We asked the question last week because somebody had asked how to watch After Party in Canada. And Trisha mentions that she just pays for the entire season, $25 on iTunes and to watch the entire actual maths season. And that package comes with After Party. So I can't remember who asked us that question. Hope that helps. But if that doesn't help, you can always join our Patreon and listen to us give you the rundown on After Party. Yay! <laughs> and then we want to shout out to Alexis. Listen, guys, unless you've been under a rock, but I, we have to remember that there are some people who watch maps and just watch the TV show and don't, don't get involved with the goings-ons. But this clip of G, um, Dominique and Clint kissing has been going around and... We saw it and we weren't sure, like, where is this from? How did we miss this? Why is this circulating? But our listener, Alexis, let us know that they showed this during commercial during The Bachelor. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, why would you tell the people watching The Bachelor what's going on in the show before you tell the people on Lifetime? Yeah, I I don't even think I've ever seen an ad for maths anywhere else. So good on them, I guess. But I did catch it in last night's episode. It was in the commercials. So maybe they've been showing it before. But I have so many questions. Like, why are they telling us? Why are they showing us? I mean, I know the People Magazine article did say something about someone else's husband getting involved with someone else's wife. But how did we get there? Why is Gina there? There were other couples in the background. If it's a where are they now situation, which is afterwards, that means ja- Jasmine and Aries are together because they were hugged up in the back. So many, like how? Even if it was a game. I don't think married people do that. Not in my household. <laughs> I, so you were saying that maybe it might be like an after the altar thing. I don't think it's that. I think they're going to do it during the show. Um, The audacity, like, okay. <laughs> I can't wait, but it better not be a fake out. That's all I'm saying, (laughs) because (laughs) this is some Australian behavior. Married at first sight Australian behavior. (laughs) I can't wait. (laughs) Um, And also shout out to T-Mob for sending us a mass fan who posted a schedule. And it looks like what Jamie was talking about when she said they're coming back on TV. Apparently, Married at First Sight Couples Couch is coming back. Who asked for that? Mass is legendary for having the worst spinoffs. And I don't understand. That one was truly very, very bad. It was a, seemed to be a knockoff of um, 90 Day Fiance has... Pillow Talk. A, a pillow Talk. And Pillow Talk was, honestly, I used to watch it. It was really good. That's but funny. the maths, I, I can't see it working out. I cannot. I, who Wait, 
we're already struggling to watch two hours. Then we're going to watch an additional two hours of people talking about the talking. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I think I'll check out, check it out just to see what it is, <laughs> what their plan for this is. But maybe, I don't know. Uh, maybe that's why they shortened the episode the to 90 minutes. You know, if the couple's couch has only 30 minutes, that, that gives it a shot. That gives it a shot, but we can't watch just an hour. Yeah, I doubt it because it's on Thursdays. So oh. I'm curious to see if they're going to condense it. I don't know. We'll check it out and then we'll let you guys know. And then Married at First Sight UK is also going to show, it's going to be on the same day as The Couple's Couch. Like I tried watching Married at First Sight UK and I gave up, but I think it's less episodes also. So I wonder which season they're going to show because I know there was one that got cut short because of COVID or something. So, I don't know. But yeah, that's a lot. It is a lot. As far as I know, spoiler alert, Married at First Sight UK has never had a successful couple. Ever. Mm-hmm. Their only yeah. successful couple was two people who were matched and then they canceled the season because of COVID. They met outside of the show and now they're married and have a baby. Yeah. Never. So, I kind of want to watch it because I I do and it'll be on Lifetime, which makes it easier, but I don't know. We'll see. I mean, not nah, we'll see. I mean, one of the experts is American this season that I watched. And I recognize him from, I don't know if you guys remember Oprah's. He has this show Love Town or something like I think he was on there. But yeah, he's a handsome dude. But yeah, that's about it. Okay. A lot going on. But thank you guys for all that information. Whenever we ask, you guys always come through. So thank you. Thank you. <laughs> She's really happy. Can you tell she was on vacation? <laughs> She's refreshed. Um, I'm going to start this, What where what's happening with them now with breaking news from today. Olajuwon and Katina are done part two. Do not laugh. <laughs> Do not, because we're already getting people say, oh, shocker. Why, why are you telling us? Why do you be my people? I was oh. saying, oh, shocker. <laughs> I think the, the mistake is don't share it. Like, do you not see, again, the Miles and uh, Karen? Do you not see the Amelia's? Like, especially if you're going to do the whole breakup to makeup, breakup to makeup, just break up. We'll pick up the cues. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Like, at this point, when you keep announcing it, you sound silly. Like, just be done. I mean, they sounded silly long before they announced their breakups. <laughs> but yes, uh, you know, you don't wait for the divorce filing. That's the interesting thing about Karen and Miles. There hasn't been a divorce filing yet. Someone would have tracked it down for us. Yep, exactly. Um, last week or two weeks ago, I had mentioned how Mindy was hanging out with Ben. And Aid, you had mentioned how she does this. She's done this with like how many cast members? This time, the flavor of the month is Steve. Steve had a picture with Mindy and captioned that he had the chance to explore the coast with this exceptional human being. And she commented with like a thousand seals and a thousand hearts. That's me exaggerating, but it was a lot. It was a lot of seals and hearts. And Anthony from Chicago commented also and is like, I hear the first person you date after maths is who you marry. These people are savage. Someone commented, well, I guess not for Zach and Bao. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> why did Andy, um, Andy, why did Anthony say such nonsense? I don't he know. He must not know that Mindy has low-key dated a lot of people. I 
don't know. But the thing is, usually she comes back and says, no, we're just friends. She didn't do that here. And then she posted on hers, like a picture that he took and all that. And I'm just like, ugh. It's annoying. It's clout chasing. It does not seem genuine in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. So we'll see how this develops. Uh, Ben had a birthday and she was there. Lindy was there. And speaking of Lindy, Lindy has finally confirmed that she and Miguel are no more because she posted a picture of her and Miguel saying exactly a year ago we met and we married. And then she posted a picture of her and her, they call themselves sister wives, um, minus Morgan. And she said, and tonight I grieve with my sisters. So, all right. Um, With the breakup of Lindy and Miguel and Olajuwon and Katina, we have not had, we've had one success, successful couple in four seasons. <laughs> Let's make it five because this season is struggling. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't, I, I, I don't know what these people are doing, but it's not looking good. It's not looking good. Um, speaking of Morgan, Morgan is a traveling nurse. So that's why she's not around for a lot of these meetups, um, that they do. And it's, I mean, it's not really exciting, but Noi had a paid partnership. I just always like pointing out when they get sponsored posts because Maps is not really known for a lot of it, but she had one for magnetic lashes. So yeah, that's it. I just feel like there's just too much going on. (laughs) These are the highlights. (laughs) Of what went on. These people would not let the current season people shine. So <laughs> none of you because you will know this. None of the current people have an open Instagram right now, do they? No, I think they're all told that they should luck it up. So I think even if they were open, once they're filming, it's all locked. Okay. So I only found Nicole's. Um, she commented on something that kind of hints that they're together i don't know if you i don't know if you know the account betches yes yes so they they posted about married at first sight i saw that yes clearly a sponsored post and i'm like lifetime come on we'll help you guys out like they're it was very like they've never talked about married at first sight ever bitches talks about housewives quite yeah that's their bread and butter yeah, so they posted about that and they were going like when he, something about when he has your love language or whatever. And then she posted, Nicole, I assume, and is like, imagine when he does that even after something, something, something. And I'm like, who is this? And I click on it and it is her. And I'm like, ah, interesting. Again, are they allowed to do all this? So I don't know. Okay, so how do we feel about this episode? I'm just like, this show is really good, man. <laughs> I don't know if these couples will last, but they're entertaining us in the meantime. Let me say this. I honestly don't think like a lot is going on on the show, but a lot is going on. And I think that's why it's being cut down because I just don't think they can piece together a lot of stuff, but I am more excited to talk about it than watching it. If that makes any sense at all. Yes. Like, I have so many thoughts and think pieces as I watch this. I'm like, this is ridiculous. But where it falls short for me is like, I'm a little disappointed that we're going to have yet another season where people don't like each other. I Like I've said it over and over, you know, I'm ready for people. To, I want the, 
I want to feel the cheese. I want it to be cheesy and be like, oh, whatever. So, yeah. It'd be hard to find the cheese. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no cheese here. But that's, you know, that I'm a little disappointed at that. But these people don't like each other. (laughs) So, (laughs) So it's just a little uncomfortable to watch because it's like, guys, I say it again. Poor H. He has to hear this all the time. Match people who are attracted to each other so we can start somewhere. I, um, I agree with you, but I'm starting to think like people, I, just, I don't know what's going on. I think people are getting more and more picky. Listen, if someone tells you, again, I didn't watch the matchmaking, but if I see someone like Kirsten and she said, you know, I have my guard up. It takes me a while. Eh, get out. I'm not going to put you on there. But it seems like when they do that, the experts are like, you know what? We want you. I don't want anybody coming up there to figure themselves out or to work on their trust issues. No. Honestly, even Eris, if you tell me you've never been in love, you've never had the, no, get out of here. I mean, if future performance, I don't know. I think there are people who are built to be in relationships. And someone who says I'm 39, I've been in relationships and I've never been in love. I don't know if you're built for this. Yes. And also, if that happened to you, I guess that's the disadvantage of factory producing. If you had that prototype the season before, which is AKA Nate, let's try something different. Like, let's stop casting people or matching people based on prototypes now. It's almost like we have the same kind of people to fill in whatever it is. And it's like, that's not fun. Like, I want the people who are, I mean, not me, the people that are opposite of me where they're bold in love in that they just keep falling in love. Like, even if their heart is broken, they're like, yeah, but love is the greatest. We're just going to try it again. Those are the people I want (laughs) on there because they're willing to give it a chance. Yeah, anyway. Let's get into this episode. Let us get into it. So, Pastor Cal tells us that they are halfway through their honeymoon. This feels like the longest honeymoon, by the way. <laughs> and hopes that they're taking time to get to know the stranger that they have married. We get a scene of Kirsten and Shaq having breakfast. I didn't look up. I just heard bacon and automatically assumed it was Eris and Jasmine, but it's not. <laughs> uh, they had this delicious looking mango. I love mangoes. And it was just cut up so nice. And I was like, ooh, that would be good right about now. And Shaq and Kirsten is saying that their bacon doesn't taste like bacon here in Jamaica. And Shaq is like, that's probably because it's the cats walking around here. I'm like, that is offensive, but okay. I can't believe they kept that in though. But <laughs> Because I mean, this is paid for basically by people who want you to watch them in Jamaica and want you to come to them in Jamaica. Yeah, but they could just take out that line. <laughs> we didn't see it. Um, we see Clint and Gina shopping for clothes, and this is probably before Gingery Gate. That's my guess. Yes, because I was like, they went shopping for clothes when they first got there because yeah. their luggage didn't come. So this must be old. I'm telling you, if you don't watch After Party and miss the context of him wearing all the Jamaica shirts, because I saw a bunch of <laughs> tweets saying, "Why is this white man wearing Jamaica <laughs> shirts?" Saying. Jamaica all over. I was like, because the man had no clothes. (laughs) So we start with Dom and McKinley. Um, They're waking up in bed and having banter about Dom snoring the whole night. She mentions that she's looking forward to horseback riding in the water. 
She tells us in a confessional that on a scale of one to 10, she rates the attraction as six and a half. I'm actually surprised we didn't get clown music. You know, like when you say it, it's like, rah, rah. we didn't. McKinley said his nickname is Horace and that he's a good horse rider, that he can do this on a horse and do tricks on a horse. I was like, why are they telling us all this? But I find out later. I just, even at that moment, I was like, is he joking? And if so, this is not very funny. (laughs) She says she rates him as a romantic uh, as three due to the constant joking and that sets her back. She says she's not a 24-7 shit-talking kind of girl. She tells us that she talks to her mom every day and her mom is protective. Is it weird to talk to your mom during your honeymoon? Um, I was like, they're really leaning into this story of how Dom is like super close to her mom, her mom, her mom, her mom. I doubt she's the first person on this show who talks to their mom every day, but for some reason they've decided to show it to us. To answer your question, no, I don't think it's weird to talk to your mom while you're on your honeymoon. Okay. So she calls her mom on FaceTime and her mom is like, at least you still have your PJs on. I'm like, is, is this a sex thing? Does she mean like she's not? Because I'm like, is she going to call you naked? Like, what? what? <laughs> so her mom asks her how her time there is. And she says it's pretty good. And they're getting along pretty well. That her concern is the apprehension that he has to do new things. That she's more adventurous. She says she can't tell when he's like, he's not doing X. But then he ends up doing it anyways. And she doesn't know about that one. I'm like, what is the complaint again? <laughs> I think we got that context afterwards, but at this time when she's saying he says he's not going to do it, but then he does it anyway, that she doesn't like that. I was like, I don't know. Isn't he pushing through? I I feel like I have traveled with a McKinley before and, or somehow run into one because when she was complaining, I knew exactly what she meant. (laughs) So her mom says maybe he is being truthful and he does want you to push him out his comfort zone. She says he keeps saying that if not for her, he will be sitting on the beach. And her mom is like, I mean, you sit on the beach too. And Dominique is so insistent on having a problem. She's like, well, not when we have an opportunity. I sit on the beach in Florida, but not in Jamaica. So, I mean, again, afterwards, I understood what she was talking about because I'm like, I mean, everybody travels differently. Like, some people want to sit on the beach and read and just do nothing. And some people don't want activities. Like, are you going to fault him for that already? Um, I think attitude, I don't know. When I'm with someone who complains all the time, it brings my mood down. But here's the thing. I, I understand what you're saying, Aid, but I feel like in this moment, I didn't know that. I didn't know the complaints on him. It was afterwards that she said it more. That I was like, oh, now I get why she's annoyed. But in this t- in, at this moment, in the beginning of the episode, I didn't know that he was complaining. Okay. He did it last episode, too. So I think for the whole time, uh, okay. yes. He did it with stuff last episode. So I was like, this is, he's really keeping on with this. I mean, yeah, I should remember he's the one who complained. He had got a middle seat, so. <laughs> <laughs> so we moved to Gina and Clint. Um, they're by the pool having a floating breakfast. Gina says she feels like they're getting closer every day and their obstacle is initial attraction and physical chemistry. She asks him what he's looking forward to when they go back to Nashville. And he says, taking her ass sailing and getting on the water and taking her on his boats that are called Dang and Dang It. I kind of like those names. Oh. 
I'm like, that's all you can come up with. It's obnoxious, but I like it. Okay. <laughs> so Gina says in Nashville, she doesn't relax very often. And Clint says, don't worry, I'm going to make you have fun. And Gina's like, what, you're going to make me stop working? She says she has to get her business to the point of being able to run without her being there. And I'm like, okay, I am not faulting anybody for running their business. Like, do your thing, girl. But I distinctly remember her saying that she'd poured so much of herself into her business that she didn't want that anymore. And she felt like now she was ready to get married. And I'm assuming that means making time and space for a husband. But this is not sounding like it. I, from the big, remember when I was a Gina apologist about this work thing? <laughs> it's now become like a drinking game. Like, how can she bring up work and place it in every single conversation? Because she does not have a conversation and she has made working her personality. So, so sad. She starts talking about work again, how she signed a seven-year commercial lease, so she's in it, and all the onboarding stuff, and then this producers do her dirty and start this montage of how she's just going on and on about work and doing hair and teaching, and Clint is just like, I promise you this man fed her chocolate to shut her up. <laughs> she's like, are you giving me chocolate? He was like, oh, that's good. She, he was like, uh-huh. So, <laughs> I, I can't believe that I'm team Clint on this, but I totally understand why he doesn't want to hear about work anymore. You're on your honeymoon. Like, enjoy it. And, and I think that's where a lot of these couples fail. They don't just relax and enjoy this. It's an all expense paid. You don't even have to worry about it. Vacation. Just relax and let it be. Um, She graciously, I say graciously because thank you, Gina, for giving Clint the opportunity to talk ask him about himself and his work. And he says he has a standard eight to five, but that's all he got, got out because she cut him off and says that she's lucky because she has flexible hours and she does different things. It just depends on the hair and she doesn't leave until after seven. And then he tells us like, mm, they have an interesting dynamic. And <laughs> she said, and that she says that she jokes that she doesn't have time. Clint says that he's trying to get deeper with her, but everything is about the salon and he's heard enough about it. Like, who is Gina? What does Gina want? He's like, end the salon. <laughs> like, do you know what you have to be for us to be on Clint's side? Like, really? Really? I'm mad that you made me on Clint's side. <laughs> so we move on to Jasmine and Eris and Jasmine is still stuck on Eris never being in love and the pressure that it puts on her. I'm like, girl, who's putting pressure on you? Like that's on him. If he doesn't want to fall in love, that's not on you. You just be you. And then whatever happens, happens. So they're doing a couple's massage and she mentions her stress all over again. And he says again, he said it before that just let your husband know if there's anything I can do to alleviate the stress. She's like, yeah, just don't drop any bombs on me. And then he jokes, well, um, you might get more knots then. <laughs> he says he can't think of any more bombs, but I mean, it's just life. Because for example, he didn't think that never being in love would be a bomb. Um, He says he doesn't want his whole time in Jamaica to be full of hypotheticals. Eris tells us in a confessional that he understands how people will find it weird for someone who's 39 to never be in love, but he's conscious and aware that his way of doing things hasn't worked and he's hoping that it will change. 
here's my thing with Eris. I feel like Eris steps in and out. One one minute he sounds like he's irresponsible and he's not, and then the next minute he says things like this where he sounds self-aware and like he's willing to change and he's actually being considerate. Yes. So, I don't know. I I I'm, I don't know what to think of Eris. All I know is that he makes me laugh. Knowingly or unknowingly, he just does things that are funny to me. Mm-hmm. So, all of a sudden, we see Jasmine fully clothed, saying, it's her turn. And I'm like, your turn to do what? It's her turn to give Eris a massage. I'm like, why? Why? Like, she has fed him twice. He has taken her lobster. And now she has stopped a very nice massage to give him a massage. Why? I'm glad you noted all this. Because I was just like, okay, she's giving him a massage. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. I'm like, now you're doing too much. Feeding him grapes and all that. Mm -mm. He doesn't deserve it. What is he doing for her? So she says, this is the most touching that they've done. And besides cuddling, they haven't rubbed each other down. Translation. Eris, if you're offering the D, I'm willing. Give it to me. And he's like, oh, it's a natural progression of things. Jasmine's like, I think you're being sarcastic. (laughs) And I did not think he was. But Jasmine says that it takes her back because he was talking about sex not long ago. And now he's talking about pacing yourself. And that's alarming to her. What did you think, Abe? I was confused. I was very confused. I, it took me a little while to figure out what she was saying, which is, it seemed like before you were into me and now it doesn't seem like you're into me. And it was definitely more of an explaining than a seeing. Cause I was like, I don't think we saw this progression. Yeah. We went from last night, you guys talking about sex to now you're like mad at him because he said he wanted to take his time. I think it's a confusion from both their ends because they're both doing the opposite. He was the one asking about sexual position. Then she said she's conservative and doesn't want to talk about it. And then the next day he wants to take things slow and she's like, where we at? (laughs) So yeah, I don't know. Their wires are crossed. Um, Then we get the commercial of Gina and Clint and I'm like, this better not be a fake out because... I just, for the life of me, cannot come up with what the explanation for this is. So, speaking of commercial, we will take one and we'll be right back. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you make can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work. Up to $100 per day, are up to $750 per pay period. Just download the EarnIn app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. Summer is coming and it is time for all of us to go on vacation. You can use the money you earn from EarnIn to buy a new bathing suit or some new clothes for your fun summer vacation. Download Earn In today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Call on the podcast when you sign up. It'll really help the show. That's Call on the podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max, see earnin.com slash TOS for details. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank. 
Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. If you're like me and looking to cut back on alcohol this year, Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. They've recreated the cocktails you know and love, like their Ginger Lime Mule and Grapefruit Paloma, which happen to be my favorites. You can enjoy the flavors and feelings of those cocktails without the booze. Zero proof, zero compromise. Listeners can get 15% of the Recess Mocktail Sampler at takearecess.com slash autocallMAFS. You guys know I don't drink very much. So Recess is a great substitute while everybody else imbibes. It's a lightly sparkling mocktail infused with functional ingredients like uplifting guayusa and stress-balancing adaptogens. Whether you're relaxing after work or hanging out with friends, make Recess Mocktails your drink between drinks or your forever mocktail. Get 15% off Recess Mocktails now at takearecess.com slash altercallMAFS so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Ladies, you know that vicious week before your period where you feel like you want to crawl out of your skin, you feel a little bit down or off, and those cravings when you feel like you can eat anything in sight? Well, there's a solution for that. Now it's easier to manage your PMS with estrogen control. You have to try Hormone Harmony. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality. And it shows. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ALTERCALLMAFS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S for 15% off today. And we're back. We come back to Nicole and Chris trying to fit into a hammock. Honestly, getting into a hammock is very difficult. It's a very difficult thing to situate yourself into one. Even when you're by yourself, it's hard. With a whole person, it's a process. (laughs) So Nicole talks about not being a cuddler, but it makes her feel wanted. And Chris said, is it enough for her, even though it's not sex? And she said it works for her because she's learning about herself. Chris says that he doesn't want her to feel not wanted, but he doesn't want to rush into sex and wants to build an emotional connection. He tells her that his last relationship was a year and a half and they only had sex three times. And like, he did- were you in a relationship or had you <laughs> broken up and someone forgot to tell you? Wow. I mean, but I think Clara said the same thing about her relationship, if I recall. And anyways, he said he didn't feel wanted. But then his next relationship, they had all of the sex, but then they used sex as a band-aid. So now he just wants a healthy medium. Because Nicole and Chris are twins, she said she's had similar experiences because she and her ex had a good sex life. So she thought he liked her. And the other relationship, he didn't even notice that they weren't having sex. (laughs) And then she makes a quip like, I mean, he was, Chris was like, he didn't notice. And she was like, oh, he was having sex with other people. So maybe he had me confused. (laughs) I didn't know. Um, I saw online where people said, I I know you're particular about the definition that Nicole and Chris are just doing a bunch of trauma bonding. (laughs) They just, like, (laughs) that's what their connection is. So she said, yeah, she had good sex, but she just felt like a stand in. And she says whenever they do have sex, she would like him to vocalize that he likes having sex with her, not just that he likes having sex. And he says he would probably ask the same. 
And he tells her that he says his insecurity is that it's been a while for him and it's also been a while for her. And will he perform the way that she wants? And he wants to make sure that she's satisfied. And she's like, eh, I don't expect our first time to be like, oh my God, the best sex ever. So we'll be fine. So yeah, that was their conversation. Um, then all of the couples meet up. Um, Kirsten and Shaq are sitting together and they're holding hands. And it brings me right back to my confusion. I don't know where these two stand. I really don't. Uh, yes, because they, <laughs> they they give off a lot of mixed signals to us and to each other, it seems. Yeah. So Dominic asks if anyone has had their first disagreement. And Clint says, yeah, Gina broke out her boxing gloves and gave him the want-to. And Nicole's first comment is, what did you do? <laughs> like, well, ouch. He says they haven't had any arguments and it's been smooth. Gina says, yeah, they're going with the flow. McKinley says, no, that they haven't had any arguments, but he knows that he can be a lot, but he's working on it. Dominique says she's trying to understand his sense of humor. Nicole says Chris is patient and calming and it's great for her personality. And Chris says, yeah, that's what it's about. Um... Nicole says the ladies know that she had a hard date, but when she was going to have sex, it was going to be day two because physical attraction is very important to her. And she says they're choosing to work on their emotional aspect and they have had deep conversations in the meantime. It's interesting to me that Nicole is basically compromising on what she wants. Basically, I think because Chris is sort of holding out there. I think if Chris said, let's have sex tomorrow, she would be in in a second. Yeah, I think she just didn't word it right. I think that part was missing. Like, I don't mind working in the emotional aspect, especially now that I've met you and we seem to be vibing. Let's try this. I'm willing to try this. I guess it's like if you meet someone and they tell you they're abstinent and they don't want to have sex. Like, Do you mean you celibate? Like, oh, sorry. Did I say? <laughs> you said abstinent, but I, I was mean, just making fun of Justin because I don't miss those opportunities. My um, bad. I did mean to say yeah, I mean, it works. Abstinent, whether you're abstinent or celibate, either one. Yes. And you decide, you know what? That wasn't what I wanted for myself, but because I like you so much and I think there's potential, I'm willing to give it a go. So that's what I feel it is um, with them. Um, Eris shares about never being in love and he says, who knows? She could be my first love. Then Clint is just from nowhere. Have you blown her back yet? Everyone is like, whoa, <laughs> no context, no nothing, just dropping bombs. And he flashes back to Eris saying it at the bachelor party and all that. I'm like, well, I mean, did you have to repeat it? Like, no, you this didn't. Ladies- you <laughs> did, this- you this did lady- nobody any favors in trying to be Mr. Funny Man. <laughs> this ladies that you miss, jeez. Um, as if that wasn't enough, he just goes, so has anyone seen their partner naked? <laughs> no one has. And then it hit me that this season is probably the most conservative season that we've had because this is the first time I think, I don't, I don't think anyone's lying. Usually they lie that no one's like done any naked showering. Like this time, you know, the Woody and Amani, they're not having sex, but they had naked showering. I think um, Nate, and Stasha already gave us some shower action. And these people, nothing's happening because they don't like each other. Or they're not attracted to each other. I was shocked that no one has seen each other naked. 
Yeah. You're sharing a room. Like, what do you mean you haven't seen each other naked? Even in passing. Nope, Are you changing there. in the bathroom? Like, what are you doing? That's what they're doing. But that's what I mean by that's my disappointment with the show this season. Because you can't fake chemistry as much as you try to. Because we're just looking at you guys and it's like, you don't like the person you're with. So is this what we have to endure for the next how many ever weeks that we have? So, um, Eric says that he finds Jasmine attractive. Sorry, and can I just say that this is also the cast that talks so much about sex. Kirsten was talking about eight inches. Eris was talking about blowing back out. McKinley was talking about boobs, everything. And then now no one's even seen anybody naked. So, crazy. <laughs> it's very different. So, um, Eric says he finds Jasmine attractive. And he's a very, very, very in case you missed it, that was three times, sexual person. And that hasn't served him well in the past, so he's trying to take a different approach. I call bullshit on that because if it was someone he liked, he would have gone in. Exactly. (laughs) Nicole says, is this good or bad? Because based on Jasmine's face, it doesn't look like it. Jasmine is making faces (laughs) to the side. Jasmine says that he's, this is a confessional, that he's trying to make it sound better because she's very confused. Kirsten says that she and Shaq are on the same page and she wasn't expecting a man with a bald head. If I hear that one more time, like, <sighs> get over it. I thought that was such a wrong move. Like, I, <sighs> she's not the only one who needed that lesson this episode, but I thought telling the whole group, like, I'm not attracted to bald heads, but he's, you know, we can we can grow into physical attraction. If you want to grow into physical attraction, you really can't talk about it. It's rude. I just, I don't understand this season or what is going on. Like, why do you think it's okay to say these things? These are human beings on the other end of it. Because the other thing I thought about is maybe I'm reaching here. Maybe he's just bald. He said his dad was bald because I was thinking about his scar. And I don't know if his scar goes all the way where, you know, maybe you can't grow hair there and it's just better to be bald. Like, I just, this is the same thing as how she wasn't um, empathetic about the whole ATV thing. Like, oh man, this guy was in an accident. Maybe he is or whatever. It's just all about me, 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 me. And I'm just kind of over it. So I don't know. I don't like that one. I'm just going to say that. But (laughs) I feel like I didn't like her from the beginning. And I like the fact that she's proven me right in my initial assessment. (laughs) She's bratty. She's very bratty. I want to say, and this is a sidebar. Did you notice that there was like a black shadow type thing underneath Shaq's tank top? No. And at first I thought it was like a tattoo. But I don't know what it was. I don't know if anybody else saw it. Um, I don't know if it's like a skin thing or maybe something from the accident or whatever. But it was pretty noticeable under his tank top. Gina says one of her best relationships was one that started with no physical attraction and it can grow. Gina says their biggest struggle is physical chemistry. But she doesn't think there's a secret sauce and they've kissed several times. Clint says the physical component, um, the girls he has dated have, have been slender, athletic, and that's the mold that he's attracted to. Dominique says her jaw is on the floor and he didn't read the room because he's sitting in the room with curvy women. Um, I'm going to come back to this, but then he mentions that she said she doesn't like redheads and she's like, yeah. And then she's like, here we are. And then he goes, here we are. 
it wasn't a big deal. Like they've shown this so much in the clips and that was it. Uh, and then the next thing we see is Clint saying in the name of Eris, let's go blow some horses backs out. So going, <laughs> going back to the comments, we get a lot more context in after party. I don't know. I feel like people either are one side of the fence or the other side of the fence. So I don't know if it will change anybody's mind, but here's my take on it. I completely get that the world standard is being skinny, but I feel like we have to get to a place where it's an adjective. Was it rude? Was it unnecessary? Yes. He didn't have to say it in front of that, but him saying that what he's attracted to shouldn't mean that we should be offended because then we're also feeding into the thing. Like if you're not slender, you're not, it, it, it mean, it's like, it's like, it's like an insult. Mm-hmm. And that's where I was. And what I wanted for the women is like, what he's attracted to is skinny. That's fine. Not everybody likes skinny. That's just what the mold has been attracted to. So if you say like, you're not slender, that is what I am. I'm pretty. That shouldn't even be a thing is where I would like us to be in the world. But I get it. You don't talk about a woman's weight and all that, but I, I don't know what he, he should have just not said anything at all. I guess he shouldn't have said anything, but <laughs> the rebuttals to what he said really revealed more about the rebuttees than what he actually <laughs> said. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like I'm a woman. I completely understand how that is an insecurity and how it is. But sometimes in certain things, we're all human beings. It's understanding sometimes where that's on our insecurity to work through. Like even though people are rude and all that kind of stuff, but I don't know. I don't know if this, I'm just trying not to say the wrong thing, but you understand what I'm trying to say is just like, I just want a world where if someone says that, we're not going to take that as an insult because again, we are buying into the mold that skinny is the standard. Because everything's okay. Whether you're skinny, whether you're curvy, whatever your body type, there's someone who likes it out there. Just go find your people. Like that's just (laughs) what it is. Like no one is bad. No one is good. And that's just the world that I wish for all of us someday. Yeah. I feel like the after party, I feel like the after party gave more context, but I don't know. For some, maybe not, but I felt like they've had the conversation before. So I think that's what took him aback was like, she said it. She was, she's the one who even said, oh, you probably date people who are skinny. I'm not skinny, but you know, and they're like, yeah. And she's like, yeah, I don't like ginger. Apparently the gingery conversation was not the first time they'd had that conversation. So I don't know these people. I don't know what they're doing, but either way. They all go husband riding. Gina says that she's trying to be open-minded, but what he said was a slap in the face. Okay, Miss Gingery. It, it felt very dramatic. <laughs> Unnecessarily dramatic. <laughs> Jasmine says, after the rude and disrespectful comment that Clint made, that she is not checking for Clint. McKinley tells Dominique that he has never ridden a horse in his life. And she's like, what the hell? Why would you say all these things? I was so confused because I had completely forgotten all the things that he said he could do on a horse. And then the producers did a flashback and they said all the things. And I was like, oh my God, this guy's annoying. I think the most annoying part is I had clocked it as a joke. So I was surprised that she was surprised that she had not figured out that he was joking. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was like it never occurred to her that what he was saying was not a joke. Was yeah. I'm sorry that what he was saying was a joke, and so I was like, wait. You, and then I could understand her annoyance because it's not funny. Yeah, yeah. It looked fun until the horse pooped in the water. Of course, it was McKinley's horse. And the next thing we see is McKinley bitching in the confessional that he wasn't impressed about it. They rode in a circle. Woohoo. It's not adventurous and it's not fun. Who wants to be shit on? <laughs> and who wants to go on vacation with someone with that shitty attitude? <laughs> so Jasmine and Aris, Aris says that it was good to feel the temperature of the other couples. And he said my best line of the entire night. He was like, Clint and Gina low-key called each other ugly. <laughs> I was on the floor. I was like, Eris, I don't love everything about Eris, but it's not just the, like the, the okay, he said they called each other low-key ugly, but he said it like he said, well, Clint and Gina, they took out the trash the other day. You know, like. <laughs> he said it very, very calmly. And I was like, I see no lies. Like, low-key, that is what they did. Jasmine says she doesn't know if she could tell someone that she wasn't attracted to them. And Eris was like, shout out to them because that's a level of maturity she doesn't think he would ever get to. So that gives context to the fact that because in After Party, he does mention that he spoke to Eris about it. They'd spoken about it, uh, Clint and Gina, that is. And they'd put everything, cards on the table, so they'd spoken about it. So that's what he means by the level of maturity. Not that they had whatever it was to happen in front of everybody. That's not the level of maturity that he meant. So then he said, another funny, I'm telling you, Eris is comedic relief for me. He's like, that girl, I don't remember her name, but she said she was trying to have her back. He's talking about Nicole. Like the and I'm like, there's not like there's 15 of you. There's 10 people on a reality show and you couldn't take the time oh to get Nicole's name. He couldn't be bothered. He's like, I don't remember her name. The girl who said she was trying to have her back blown night two, and now she's just taking things slow. And he's like, I feel like she just don't like the man. And Jasmine quickly points out, the same could be said about you. And he's like, yeah. He's like, oh, yeah. He quickly backtracks. That made me laugh because I was like, boy, you just scored an own goal. You just called yourself out. <laughs> And I think that he's very wrong about Nicole and Chris. Yeah, he is. But he he's called that one wrong. He's, he was projecting. Yes. Because he wanted to have, he wanted to blow someone's back out and now he wants to take things slow. So, and his reason is because he's not attracted. So he says, you know, you can never really prepare for this experiment. <laughs> and then he says, well... Backs will get blown out when they're supposed to be blown out in due times. I'm like, do you know what you're saying? You're not saying we're going to take a trip to Italy when time is right. You are talking about backs being blown, but he says it so casually, like, <laughs> it's so funny. So he tells us that he feels more of a friend vibe and he doesn't know if it's normal. In the past, he's been so hyper-focused on sex. So he's looking at it as a positive that he's not having sex. So, I don't know. I do not believe him for one second that it's a positive that he's not having sex. No. It's just, it's just a difficult position to be in. When you're not, you heard uh, Jasmine say, I would never tell him when I'm not attracted to them. Because one, how do you come back from that? But also, like, there's no good way to say it. There's I no mean, good way to say it. Ergo, it should not be said. Just keep it to yourself. Yep. And especially if, and this is my problem with Kirsten. If 
you don't find the person attractive, but you're keeping an open mind and hoping that something will grow, then just shut up and try without involving the other person. And if it doesn't work, but then that's the other part. If you don't say it, it's like, so you knew this whole time and you didn't tell me, it's not a good situation. I mean, that's basically what Jasmina did in Boston. And people were mad at her for it. But the more you think about it, the more you're like, what else was she supposed to do? There's no good situation about this. (laughs) All right. So Gina and Clint, they're on swings. And Clint saying, everyone seems to be in a good place, but we have a hill to climb. Gina says it's offensive to bring up someone's weight in front of new friends in a big group. Um... Clint is being positive and saying, yeah, we just need to be positive and honest. I mean, the song playing was You Wicked One. So, that So, let me ask. Is more of Clint's crime, again, he shouldn't have said what he said at all, even though it was a retaliation and all that kind of stuff, but is more of the offense that he said it in front of people? Does that make a difference? I think that's what the perceived offense is. But she said the gingery shit in front of people. So yes, her high horse is not very legit. I guess the bigger question for the listeners out there, do you think him saying that he's attracted to slender and athletic people is on the same level as her saying, I don't vibe with gingery? She did not say redheads. I'm telling you, I don't know if it's a slur or not. I mean, a lot of people are saying it's not, but if Clint says that he he was offended by it, and honestly, if someone tells you they're offended by something, you have to listen to them. But why are you not saying redheads? Like, it just feels deliberate to say gingery. I don't know how to say it. Like, it's just, I've not, I've, I don't know how many times I've heard that word, and almost all the times I've heard it was probably in relation to Prince Harry, I'm not going to lie. But um, why would you, oh, go ahead. This ginger thing, I, first off, I can't imagine referring to someone, like, if I was talking to some, about someone, or to someone, I could never imagine saying, like, oh, they're a ginger. Yes. I would say, oh, they're a redhead. So why yes. did you keep on using this term gingery? I don't get it. It's very, it just sounds very deliberate, that I'm just like, that's a choice. <laughs> so, a choice anyways, to be kind of rude. Yes. So my question is, and you just told her, I don't vibe with them. Like, is it on the same level or is it not so either way they're both rude it sounds stupid i don't vibe with them like do people (laughs) with red hair have certain personality types you mean it's not like they have a contagious thing so i don't not that not that you're ugly oh wow like stop stop (laughs) oh man um mckinley says that it's like a selfie cam he just found out that he was rated a four He says he knows he's a complainer, but besides his shitty ratings, he's also an introvert. He says it was a good day besides him being there and being a part of it. I'm like, McKinley, don't you know when to stop? And so she drops the the camera down and she's like, I'm not going to be a part of this. And she's like, are you mad at me? Are you mad at me? I I can totally see how that gets annoying. Like you can't be a jokester 24 seven. Like you just have to know when to stop, especially when you're getting to know each other. I also, I'm not, I'm, you know, I have to watch out for my fellow introverts. I, I don't understand him attributing his behavior to being an introvert. Um, he doesn't like to do activities. What does it have to do with being an introvert? 
that's his definition of an introvert. A lot of people get the definition wrong. So people think like being an introvert just means like you want to stay home and not do anything, just laze around and not do activities and not mingle with people. Just be like, if it was up to him, he'll just be on the beach, sipping drinks and doing nothing. And just to be clear, introversion just means that people, when you're around them, they basically suck the life out of you. So, so you need moments to not be around people so that you can recharge yourself to be around people again. Yeah. I don't understand what it has to do with activities. Yes, but that's the official definition, but a lot of people don't define that. that <laughs> just make shit up. So, yeah, it just means people who don't want to hang around people. Okay. Shaq and Kirsten go to dance class, which last week, Chris and Nicole were also taught some dance moves by some staff at the place where they're staying. So that was interesting. So Shaq says that at the wedding, he and Kirsten discussed how they both love killing it on the dance floor. They love dancing. So they take this dance class together. They appear to have a good time. For some reason, when they show us like dancing by themselves without the instructor, they like blur the whole thing out. I was like very confused. <laughs> I don't uh, think I noticed it was blurred. It, it was weird. I was like, I want to see them dancing. Um, it was just um, slow mo. I think was the only thing I saw. No, it was blurry. Oh, uh, okay. Um, Kirsten says she loves it and she loves dancing with him, and that's the level she wants to tap into because it will hold them together. I don't know if dance class will hold them together, but it's like, that it's it's a way to connect. I hear the words coming out of Kirsten's mouth, but it's not gelling. It's not connecting. I don't know if she means it. They had fun together. I honestly, every time I hear like couple and dance class on maps, I have like a trepidation. Like, oh my God, that's what Vincent did to me. Um, <laughs> uh, Nicole and Chris are kayaking. <laughs> it just seems to be a lot. Like getting themselves launched, getting themselves paddling. It takes some coordination. Nicole decides to talk about her pet peeves. You know, I don't know. Do you have pet peeves, Tane? Uh, yes. Oh. <laughs> I have a million and 25. <laughs> I think that's my issue, too, is I'm like, how can I just identify one or two things that annoy me when, like, 50 million do? But Nicole is quick. She hates slow-walking people. He hates dishes in the sink. He's very open in saying that he thinks that she might think he's lazy because he likes to sit around after work. And she's like, no, I like sitting around. Sometimes on Sunday, I just like sit on the chair and I don't get up except to take the dog for a walk. Meanwhile, I was thinking, you know, if you don't have a dog, you don't even have to get up for that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they going to get you. <laughs> but Nicole kind of slips in there that, you know, uh, you got a partner now. So maybe we could do some stuff on the weekends. Yeah. It could be the accent, but she reminds me a lot of Jennifer Aiden from The Real Housewives of New Jersey. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, I see that. He says he does his laundry once a month. Mm-mm. That he washes the sheets even though once a month, even though the dogs sleep there. Mm-mm. I will give him that he admits that this is not good. Mm-mm. That this could be improved upon. And so somehow we have Nicole volunteering to, you know, do laundry at a regular pace of once a week or so. And I'm like, I guess marriage makes you better. That's all I can think. I mean, honestly, you should be with a partner who wants to make you better. We're all not like perfect human beings, but I like how she answered. She's like, you can keep doing your laundry once a month. I'm doing mine every two weeks. (laughs) No, she said twice a week. Oh, twice a week. Sorry. Twice a week. Yeah. And the sheets every week. 
um, and stuff. And I'm just like, yeah. So maybe when he sees that, he's like, oh shit, I need to get my stuff together and I'm going to start doing laundry. But laundry once a month, aid? That was gross. I was like, how much underwear do you own? Please tell me at least 30 pairs. That is disgusting. So, but I will say this. I love their conversations. They are putting in the work. I know I say people should relax during their honeymoon, but I'm okay if the conversation is like this. They're doing stuff, but it's not like intense, rapid fire interview questions. It, It seems like organic conversations that they're really getting to know each other and they're being honest. No one's trying to put their best foot forward because surely I would never tell anybody I did my laundry once a month. <laughs> so, but he recognizes that it's a bad thing. So I really appreciate it. Their, their conversations and relationships so far. They are planning for the future. I think that's what I appreciate about it. They're planning like, how are we going to be together? Yeah. Um, and here are the things we need to like get through before we can cohabitate in peace. Yeah. So, the guys and the girls meet up. When they first met up at the beginning of the episode, um, and all of that went down, I was like, this is why Tain says that they need to stop with these meetups. (laughs) But we get so much good content out of the meetups. But it's not content that helps their marriage. No. Content that makes their marriage devolve. (laughs) Exactly. That's true. Yes. So, the, the guys are together. They're like asking, how's it going? Chris does come up with a complaint about Nicole that is not even, this is how we know they're the golden couple. He says, oh, there's more hand-holding than he likes. It's really Mm -hmm. hot here. So, you know, we hold hands a little bit too much. But overall, (laughs) he doesn't see red flags. Yeah. If those are your problems, you don't have problems. Yeah. Um, Nicole tells the girls the same thing. Oh, we're doing great. Um, But they did say they've never lived with significant others. Next week is a big week for them at work, both of them. It sounds like they both work from home, so they're going to have to be in the same place navigating these difficult weeks at work. Um, For some reason, Clint is giving advice. There's nothing about Clint's situation that says to me that he should be giving people advice. (laughs) (laughs) I just think he was rude. He's like, oh, that one's a little firecracker. You're going to have to push back. She's going to test you. And you're going to have to push back. And I was like, D- chill. I The thing I don't understand is why does everybody think Chris is a pushover? I don't even get that impression. You remember last week when he said, she said something like she's going to take it out on him. And then he's like, um, I'm not going to stand for it. Like if you're having a bad day, you're not going to put that on me. I'm not going to take it. And I said, she was turned on. Like he's putting his foot down and he's letting her know, even when he said he wanted kids and she's like, she's not sure. He's like, we're going to have to have a conversation about this. So I don't get, I mean, I know he's too nice, but so far I don't think he's a pushover. He's a nice guy, but I don't think he's a pushover. I think people confuse the ability to stay calm and not react emotionally all the time with being a pushover. Yeah. He is quietly assertive. We see like you, every example you just said, he's an assertive person. He's just not loud or rude about it. Yeah. So that's why I think, Clint was actually being disrespectful. Like, who are you to tell someone that, oh, she's going to run over you. She's going to test you. She's going to do. Okay. I mean, he might be right. I don't know, but it's not your place. (laughs) In an interview, Chris said that he wouldn't have said it the way Clint said it, but Clint likes to be the center of attention. So they let him go with it sometimes. (laughs) Oh my God. Do you never want to be the one in the friend group people are tolerating? (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) I, I see this aspect of 
Chris as something like probably more of us should adopt. He's like, I, he doesn't care what Clint is saying. He's not taking what Clint is saying seriously. He's like, well, he likes to be the center of attention. And then for that type of acceptance and self-knowledge, Clint will think that he's a pushover <laughs> and give him advice accordingly. Amazing. <laughs> Dom tells the girls that Mac complains too much and Nicole says it's not sexy and Kirsten says the same. Like in an interview, she says she doesn't want to tear people apart, but he complains too much and it's not cool. Um, Mac tells the guys once again that he's introverted and he do like one thing a day, but I guess they're doing too much a day. And he does say that he feels like he's coming off as an asshole and it's, he can't constantly cope by trying to be funny. Once again, Clint is giving relationship advice. <laughs> he's the gill of the season. <laughs> <laughs> he tells uh, Mac that He's been in relationships before and you got to be who you are from the very beginning. You can't front. I will say this. It's not terrible advice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it's because of who's saying it. So you automatically, your brain turns into like, this is obnoxious advice. The messenger is, is thwarting the, the message. This means. <laughs> Cause if you heard it from anybody else, you're like, you know, you should be yourself from the very beginning. I mean, you don't have to say every single thing that's on your mind, but if you are a person who would enjoy doing only one thing a day, they're in a setting where he can't just say, like, can we just do one thing a day? So yeah. some of it's out of their control. But I, I, I kind of appreciate the idea that you should just be yourself from the beginning. Mm-hmm. I will say, though, that his sense of humor is very off-putting. And Dom says the same thing. She's like, it, it's not, it's not attractive. <laughs> she says... He has a sense of humor that's not like... And Kirsten finishes her sentence with attractive. And Kirsten says it goes back and forth with her because Shaq does the same thing where he's too funny or he's too making too many jokes at the wrong time. I don't think Shaq can win. Didn't, he no. say, didn't she say that he, he was too serious and talks at her and now he jokes too much? Jeez. This man could grow hair and she used to say, I don't like the hair. Shaq says to the guys that what you said, that she called him on his speechifying and, but that she's not vulnerable at all. And she does, she's got walls up. Jasmine says that Eris is not trying to rip her clothes off, but he does say that she's pretty. And they all agree that Eris is sweet. But, and then we flash to the guys where Eris is telling them that she's attracted to him at a 12 and he's like a four or five. I don't know that Jasmine is attracted to Eris at a 12. Uh, she is. Like, at okay. the massage, she was basically asking for the D. Okay. I'd call that a 10, not a 12. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I felt like he wanted to exaggerate a little. <laughs> he says that he feels bad and guilty. And Eris says she's won pageants. She's clearly pretty, but she's not his type. Serena Williams has the perfect butt. And Megan Thee Stallion has the perfect butt. But Jasmine's is a little too small. It's early, Remember- but... He's giving it time to turn around. But remember the conversation we had when he was saying his type is not, I can't remember what he said. And I told you, like, I think he's saying that he likes thick women. Yes. That's, you, yeah. You called it correct. He likes thick women. He likes thick women. But then he brings us back to the same point. He's saying that, granted, he said that in front of the guys. He didn't say it in front of the women. I would have been curious to see what the reaction would be. I mean, granted, Jasmine was offended still with the rest of the women, because I think she's on the smaller side. 
And if he had said that in front of all of them, would that be offensive? That's be- this goes back to the fact that I don't think what Clint said was offensive. And if Eris had said it, for some reason it would not be perceived as offensive because the world standard or whatever mm-hmm. is like skinny or something. But that's what I'm saying is like, I just want us to appreciate all body types. Like not one's better, the other's better. Like go with your tribe, people. There's going to be people who like, we can't all like the same thing. Correct. Gina asks if anyone has had sex. Everybody says no. Kirsten said, what if you have sex and you may not like it? How does that work? Dom says, you know how I feel about it. There's a store right down the street. (laughs) And then these, I'm not pleased with this reaction. I guess people can feel how they want to feel. But this launches into Gina. How did you feel about what Clint said? And then they all collectively are just like, Gina, you reacted so well. Dom was like, I didn't expect him to say it. Her soul left her body. I was like, I don't think what he said was that bad. God, I wonder if we're going to get flack for this. (laughs) (laughs) Jasmine calls it an out-of-body experience. Nicole says, you just don't do that. In a group of curvy women, you should not say that. And Nicole, in an interview, said that it was black and it was offensive to women out there with a real natural body, which is what ends up happening in these situations. In your effort to defend your body type, you've decided to put somebody else down. Exactly. Just because someone else doesn't have an ass doesn't mean that they don't have a real natural body like yours. Exactly. Like, you have a natural body, but it's not the same size. Like, let us stop putting each other down. It's not... I totally understand the instinct because, yes, there is a beauty standard that says that skinny is best depending on whose beauty standard you're using. It's societal. It's all anyway. Whatever. <sighs> Gina says, like, just for everybody's information, her waist is a size 20, is a 76 inch waist, and she is slender and athletic, but she's just going to table it. Gina cannot go three minutes on this show without talking about her job. So we have to hear that she's in the business of empowering women, and that's what she does, you know, to make them feel beautiful and his comments were, I didn't know what his comments have to do with Gina's job in Power Woman, but okay. Listen, this was the moment like I turned on Gina because, well, suffering to gingery. When she said, just to be clear, my waist is a 26. We got a lot of comments saying that she's lying. That she's definitely not a 26. <laughs> That's not for me to judge. <laughs> Whatever you see, you can be. But here's my issue with that. It goes back to what Nicole did also, tearing down people who are smaller. Because I don't know if you remember, you read Jessica Simpson's book, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, if you haven't, guys, you should go read it. It's really good. I read it on your recommendation. Yes, it's really, I really, really love the book. But she talked about that famous picture where she had, quote unquote, mom jeans and everyone said she was so fat or whatever. And she was a size four. She said she never spoke about it because if she came out to defend herself and say, oh, but I'm a size, was it a four or two or whatever, what message is she giving to people who are bigger than a size four in term, in, in, in way of defending herself, but it will be like she's putting them down to say, oh, no, but no, don't lump me in with them. And I think that's what Gina did. Gina said, just to be clear, I'm a 26 or whatever. Like, what are you doing? What, what does that mean? You're trying to say, so if you're not, 
or if you weren't or people who aren't, then it's okay to say like, that was not cool with me. I didn't, I didn't appreciate that. She could have made her point without adding, just to be clear, my waist is a 26. And it's just a very strange thing that people, Nicole, like you said, Nicole did it. It's such a strange defense of your own attractiveness. Like it's odd, but it's also very like, I don't know. It's what we do and we need all need to stop. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say like, it's not the world that we live in. Like the world we live in is very hard on women and when it comes to aesthetics, getting older, their bodies and everything. And I don't want anyone to get it wrong. Like we're thinking like, oh, you just wake up one day and that's it. Like everyone has, you know, insecurities here and there about weight. Like you can find even the skinniest woman and she'll think on some days that she looks fat. It's just what it is. But it's just a hope that we hope for all of us that we all just get comfortable with our bodies regardless of what size it is. Exactly. Um, and we will talk about this in after party, but I appreciated something that Dominique said that gave us more insight into why their reactions were so collectively um, unhinged. I wouldn't say unhinged. <laughs> why was collectively a lot? <laughs> so we go, um, they say, the women say, maybe the guys will talk some about it. So Clint does end up talking about it with the guys. And so during the course of this conversation, Clint says that he's conscious of people's feelings. Um, and then we flash back. I mean, I'm thinking about the women and I'm like, clearly you're not conscious of people's feelings because you pissed off all these women. And then he pivots and says, it's not even about the physical attraction, but that's not what you said. Yeah. Um, it's about the hair salon. And is this a promo for the hair salon? Like what are your intentions here on the show? Um, he wants no benefit than to leave the show with a life partner. Um, I got to tell you, when he said that, I was like, Angle, that's a point. <laughs> that, it is a point. <laughs> I'm like, that's a point. I didn't think of it. But when he said it, I was like, does she really talk about her job that much? Or is she like, if I'm not going to get a husband, I might as well get promo out of this. I just signed a seven-year lease. She got to make money. <laughs> Mac says that when you're a small business owner, you know you talk about it too much. It's just what you do. <laughs> Mac goes on a little bit too long about how he thinks that Gina's really sexy. And everybody's looking at him like, uh, I don't think you're supposed to say that. Um, in an interview, Mac says he doesn't know what kind of women Clint has pulled before. But Gina's very good looking and he probably can't do any better. Which attraction has nothing to do with any of this, but okay. Man, the experts really fucked up. They got people who are attracted to other people. And honestly, when Aries said he wanted a bigger bum or whatever, I briefly wondered if he was attracted to Kirsten. Oh my God. And then before you were like, is he attracted to Dom? <laughs> so, uh... But okay, sorry, sidebar again. If this whole Clint and Dominique thing is real or whatever, she's not slender either. So does that give him credence? Like, he doesn't really care. He's just saying, this is what I've gone with in the past, but it doesn't mean that I don't think, I don't think you're pretty, or I'm not attracted to you. But it's, okay. <laughs> First off, Clint and Gina need to have really screwed this up. I, I royally, with their word choices, with what they've chosen to discuss, 
I don't even know why we're like delving into this as much as we have to because they will not stop talking. She will not stop saying ginger. He like apparently multiple times said something about slender and athletic. Mm-hmm. But I agree with you that he was just talking about in general in previous relationships. Yeah. He wasn't saying I'll never be attracted to a curvy person in my life. Because I tell you this though, Clint never said he wasn't attracted to Gina until she brought it up. Mm-hmm. He was going ahead with it. He was like, I'm keeping an open mind and we're doing this. And then once she started with the gingery thing, it was almost like she started the tit for tat. I mean, yes, they said they had the conversation, but I get the impression that yes, that's what he's been attracted to and gone for, but he wasn't closed off. <sighs> so I, I well, more on that later. Mac and Dom are walking and they're going to a bamboo place to carve their names on some bamboo. He asks if she has a knife. Of course she has a knife. Why does she have a knife? How does she get a knife through (laughs) airport security? (laughs) I mean, some people, prepared people carry knives. (laughs) What? Really? If you're a prepared person, you have a little Swiss army knife on you. I'm not a prepared person. Plus I know I'll forget to take it out, but she must've been good and took it out at security. So you can take, um, Swiss Army knives and check luggage, right? Yeah. Just not carry on. I think so, yeah. Okay. Someone come and let us know if you're allowed to take it on the plane. Oh, they'll they let us know. Trust. <laughs> so after they're done carving their names on the bam, their initials on the bamboo, Mac apologizes for joking about the horse thing and he apologizes for the sailing thing. I, I think that was last week. Yes, he, he made a joke about how he knew how to sail the boat. <laughs> He admits that it doesn't work as well as he thinks it works and he didn't mean to be misleading and what he's trying to convey that it's something he would not do, that the activities are something that he would not do, but he's doing it for her and he wants to be pulled out of his comfort zone. So what he's trying to do is give her credit for pulling him out of his comfort zone, but clearly that is not being communicated. McKinley has a problem. I don't think he knows that (laughs) yet. (laughs) Dom says from her perspective, she's no bullshit. (laughs) And she doesn't want excuses. She wants results. I'm like, this is a little much. But everything that they've done here, she's he's complained about. And if you want to do it, just do it. And then when he does his negativity, it makes her not want to do it. And he says he does want to do these adventures. And he wants her to have the best time. And Dom says that she accepts the apology, but they've got to work on it. And I'm like, in this moment, I think it, this would be a good moment to kiss. But they just look at each other. Shaq and Kirsten, they meet up. He asked her how her day was. And she said today was everything she needed. I was also like, because I'm like, you are on your honeymoon and you spent the day with the girls and this was everything you needed. (laughs) And I think Shaq is thinking the same thing. Because he goes, why? And he makes a face. And she said, oh, we got to have girl time. And they uplifted Gina and empowered her. And they let her know that we think she's beautiful. You know, sometimes this girl power stuff is not for the best. (laughs) You might want to say that again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, First off, the word empowered is used a lot when it comes to like women. I don't really know what it means. And I think it's meaningless. Um, I think it's not knowing that I think it's what we said earlier. You can big people up. Don't bring someone down and just being encouraging 
But on the flip side, it's also calling out people when they're wrong. But I find that a lot on the show because if you remember la Boston season, I don't think there was enough calling out of Alyssa. No one wanted to call that out. And then even with Morgan, there wasn't that. It was the guys that did the calling out. So I feel like part, part of empowering someone is being able to uplift them and give them praise and hype them up when needed, but then also calling them out when they're wrong so they can do better. Instead, I felt like this was just them kvetching together and making Clint out to be a villain. Yeah. Because they took what he said, all of them collectively took what he said very personally, and he did not mean it that way at all. I mean, I'm not even going to speak for Clint. Like, that's our interpretation of what he meant or whatever. Who knows whatever he meant. But where the empowerment comes on is, sorry, I don't mean to sound like a broken record, is where you tell, none, not one of them said, what he said shouldn't matter. Like if that's what he goes for, that's what he goes for. It doesn't, it's like telling someone or if someone's saying I'm pretty and all you hear is, are you saying we're ugly? Just because someone said you're pretty, they're pretty doesn't mean they said you're ugly. He says he goes for slender women. Good for you. It doesn't change anything about me. It's not an insult to me. I'm great. And the funny part is I think Gina has a nice body. Yes, all of them. So, yes. I mean, she wears that orange uh, bathing suit so well and so anything. So not one of them were like, who cares what he says? Who are To me, that's empowering because you're not dependent on what anybody else is saying about your body. But oh well. Oh well. Kirsten tells Shaq how disgusted the women were. And Shaq asks, like, um, did Clint do something wrong? She's <laughs> <laughs> She says the way he said stuff. And then this is where these group meetups are really toxic because Shaq says, well, Eris said he wasn't attracted to Jasmine. And Kirsten has this look of shock on her face because she said, but he said that she was pretty yesterday. And I was like, you need to read between the lines. Eris is saying she's pretty. What he's not saying is that he's not attracted to her type of pretty. But you see what's so funny? What exactly is the right thing? Clint is wrong for being honest. Eris is wrong for lying. Is he supposed to say she's ugly? Also, he's not saying she's ugly. He's saying that she's pretty. He's just not attracted to her. (laughs) (laughs) And then Shaq is like, Kristen, you know, Shaq goes back and says, well, he said what he said. And Kirsten is surprised and shocked and says, well, he should be honest. There's no point in lying. I'm like, what are you saying? All of you are mad at Clint for being honest. (laughs) And Shaq says the very obvious thing. He said it in a strange way. He says he didn't want to make shame of her. I was like, what? Um, But he was saying, (laughs) like, he didn't want to insult her in front of the whole group, which is kind of what Clint did to (laughs) Gina. So he didn't necessarily lie. But Kirsten says, well, I just want you to know that I'm always going to tell you stuff to your face. So, you know, when we were at the girls thing, I told them that your sense of humor was getting, I'm not a fan of the joking around. I think she was mean. Yes. And I also was like, (laughs) I thought it was super interesting that Kirsten, who will not shut up about this man's bald head, has the audacity to say how terrible Clint is to, to say something about Slender. I think everyone is equating once you talk about weight, which again, it would be different if he said your body was X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. Like that is the utmost like sin. I mean, I guess that's the society we live in. You don't, you just don't talk about women's weight. 
but everything else is fair game. When but I think we're learning from the, if, if we didn't know now, I feel like we should all learn from the show. I, this whole bald head thing, I think it really hurt Shaq's feeling. It did. And he has, now he's saying, well, you weren't, you weren't physically attracted to me. You don't like my sense of humor. What do you like about me? And it would have been great if she would have responded about what she likes about him. Mm-hmm. But instead, she decides to tell him, well, your sense of humor is sometimes too much. And, you know, when it is too much, I'll let you know. Um, and th- that's not nice. Nothing about this was very nice. Yeah. It was just a, and she was antagonizing. Like, it was an antagonistic conversation. It wasn't, I don't know. Unnecessarily antagonistic. Yeah. So Shaq was very open with her and says that she has a guard up and he doesn't know if he's doing right or wrong. And she says that she doesn't want him to feel like that. But something that she had asked him is if he could take criticism. And right now it sounds like you don't know how to take criticism. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm like, this is not about that. This man just said, what do you like about me? And you were so busy telling him what you don't like about him. It never registered to you that now would be a good time to tell him what I like about him. She says, be you, honey. And he says, but you don't like that. (laughs) (laughs) She says she's done talking about it. Then they, you know, um, go to a commercial break and then they come back and he says he doesn't know how not to joke. And she says she wants him to be aware of his, like the time and the place before he jokes around. Um, Sometimes she wants to be serious. And he says, I want you to get to know me. And, and she's like, okay, yeah. And then he says it's their first disagreement. First of many. And there may be things that you don't like that I'm doing, but they have to grow and move forward. I was surprised that they settled the argument so quickly, but I feel like Shaq caved very quickly. I was very surprised. I was very, very surprised. But I think he had to. He was just like, this is not the hill I'm willing to die on. Like, it is what it is. I have to watch when I make jokes, but I also should not be too serious. I I would be just as confused as Jack. But be yourself. But But meanwhile, you share nothing. You talk about nothing. It's all me. But I don't want to make you feel like that. But I don't know exactly what it is. (laughs) Mixed messages. I feel sorry for Shaq. Very, very sorry for him. Um, all right, guys, we'll be right back. Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby! Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. And we are back to Eris and Jasmine. Eris tells Jasmine, everybody's doing their recount of their, like, Boys Day and Girls Day. Um, so Eris says that it was great and it was therapeutic to hang out with the guys. So Eris and Jasmine have another conversation about being in love, not being in love. Eris says that it would be a challenge. You could be someone's first love. Jasmine says that she's very quick to fall in love, She's never, but she never says it first. And she's scared she'll get to the point where they're, you know, where she feels love and he doesn't feel that and it will make her feel rejected and it makes her afraid to fall in love with him. Eris says that everyone needs to pump the brakes. <laughs> and Jasmine says, well, no one's saying you need to be in love right now. Um, and then they discuss how apparently their interactions can be awkward, which I think we have seen. Yeah. They don't know what to say to each other. Eris says that it'll just take time and one day it won't be awkward. And she asks if he feels like they're moving in the direction they need to move in. I don't know what his answer was. I don't, I don't remember. I didn't take any notes <laughs> on that. I, they're just awkward. Cause this is the part where he brought her a drink and they kind of kissed. And that was awkward. I wondered if their awkwardness was all the time or just in front of the cameras. Cause if it's awkward in front of the cameras, there's a whole crew there. You have to have a lot of forced conversations. But if it's also awkward when there's no cameras there, then, then they have real problems. I don't know how this is going to end. I Badly. Really <laughs> <laughs> I really do. I feel like he wants it to work. But I don't know. I feel secure in it not ending well. <laughs> Six episodes in. Um... 
So, in talking of not ending well, it's time for Gina and Clint. So, they're standing there. It looks like they're right near the water. And Gina says that girl talk was nice. But she didn't want to bring it up immediately because she needed time to process and table the topic. But she was very, pretty offended. I thought it was strange. Like, for most of this intro, she was kind of looking down and to the side and not looking at him. I was like, look him in the eye when you call him to account. <laughs> she eventually looked up and she says, the comment about the weight thing. And Clint says, but you actually preluded to that. I don't know what that means. <laughs> um, we find out later in After Party what he meant. <laughs> so he says, we're the opposite. And then she said, but you said, slender and a bit athletic. You don't know how much I work out. Then she says something about eye color. I don't know. Then she starts talking about how her ex-boyfriend was a ginger. And this is when Clint finally calls her out for this. He's like, do you think the term ginger is okay to say? She's so busy being upset that she's not picking up on what he's saying. What he should have said is, it's an offensive term and you should probably stop that. But she says, she deflects. And she's like, no, it's fine, you know? And he's like, he says, I specialize. She says, I specialize in redheads. And I was like, is she talking about dating? But no, it is Gina. So we are once again back to talking about work. So she specializes. I'm like, she specializes in coloring people's hair red when they weren't born redheads? She specializes in coloring redheads' hair? What is she saying? The whole thing was a hot mess because even <laughs> you saying like you dated someone who's a redhead, how does that help? He's like, but you said you don't like them. <laughs> what? I just don't understand. <laughs> It was a really bad conversation, I think, for both of them. Um, neither of them won a single thing in there. And then it just got worse and worse and worse. So she finally picks up on the fact that this ginger thing is an insult, or at least not a positive thing to say. And she apologizes and said that she's sorry she offended him. Did you think her apology was genuine? Of course not. She doesn't think she said anything wrong. And it's so tricky because it's that whole conversation we were having where it's like, ginger is not exactly a slur, but I swear to God, after this show, gingery should be a slur. Because, sorry, a slur. Because I'm like, it's again, <laughs> it sounds wrong. It just doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound like you're talking about human beings. What? You skipped redhead. You skipped ginger. You're saying gingery. Like, it's just... <laughs> bothers me so much <laughs> i think the part that she's getting at is like a lot of redheads aren't like pure redheads they're like a mix so you're not quite a ginger you're, you're, i was about to say gingery no a lot of redheads we have actual like full redheads i think the other thing she said is i do a lot of redheads hair and that's what they call themselves which is the worst argument you could ever have you ever heard the term like i can say that but you you can't you can't you're not, you're not in the in group that is so weird that's like saying i do i don't know it's just very strange i do people's hair so i can say ginger what <laughs> <laughs> i just was like we really can't have a discussion about anything without it going back to your job yeah that's a personality you know so she's and then she um he says that he didn't mean to offend. Also, this is a very non-genuine apology. He said that he was just comparing her to past girlfriends. 
just not great. It's a terrible sentence. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of defense is this? And then she decides to bring everybody else in. She says, well, it wasn't just her. It was everyone in the room. Because let's be real here. Just the girls. He says that he was just trying to be an honest and upfront person. I, it's it's just very great to just watch an argument where you're like, both of you are really not doing well here. Neither yeah. one of you is doing the right thing. But they're so right. They feel so right in their wrong. Like they both <laughs> think that they have the higher ground. And like, how? And I'm like, wow, this is fascinating. Gina says that he needs to read a room and brings up the girls again. And he says that he was just trying to be honest again. And it was no fault to you all. And she says, when an entirely room, an entire room is physically uncomfortable by what you've said. And I'm like, was it really that bad? No, based on their reaction, they it was really that bad. <laughs> they were not happy about that. Um <laughs> Clint says that she's trying to position as if she did nothing wrong. And she says if he feels that he did nothing wrong, then they should spend some time apart. This feels excessively dramatic. Then Gina says they should spend the rest of the honeymoon apart. (laughs) It just felt like a very big argument over... They had been decent with each other for days while understanding that they really were not attracted to each other. But when they felt the need to get really deep into how they weren't attracted to each other, it all blew up. Yeah. In an interview, she says that she's learning that Clint is the type of person who talks at you and it's a huge red flag and she's done, should be done because he's got no leg to stand on. Now he's like talking to the camera saying, what an unfortunate turn of events. Unreal. (laughs) She tries to turn the sides. He's still talking like sarcastically to the camera or to the crew. She tried to do the blame game on me. She's looking for an out. She wants to villainize him at the peril of making yourself look good, which that sentence makes no sense. Something about redemption, and it's really making him think. (laughs) Oh, man, he talks like he's giving like a monologue in a Broadway play. (laughs) was so unfortunate. (laughs) Oh, my God. You're on maps on Lifetime. I mean, in the argument, the okay, I think they're both terrible, but I think Gina's worse than him. I think the thing is, Clint is able to articulate what he's trying to say, no matter how wrong or anything, but she's not able to articulate that, anything. I don't know if she has a leg to stand on, but she couldn't articulate whatever leg that she was trying to stand on. I also think it wasn't great of her I don't understand what they were trying to argue about, but I don't think it was great of her to be like, all oh, the other women think yeah. uh, that, that's not a good place to go. I mean, I think the thing that saved her is she had expressed, well, who knows when the confession was filmed. She had expressed that she felt some type of way about it because if not, it just seemed like she was fine. And then she went with the girls and then all of a sudden they hyped her up. Like you should have been upset. Oh, you should be more upset. And then she got upset. Because again, based on what he says on After Party, if they had talked about it, why are you acting like this is brand new? <laughs> and they said on After Party, but the deal, we finally figure out that the deal is not what he said. It is where he said it. But they're speaking for, well, we'll see. Because she said it too, in public. They didn't show it. 
but she said the gingery again in front of them. <laughs> so so why should she get it? So I don't know. It's a it's a weird fight. I, I I just don't know. The editing did not help. Only the two of them. I think where he fucked up also when she said you said the slender. He's like I did not say slender. I was like uh you did. We've seen that clip many, many a time at this point. <laughs> We've seen it in commercials. We've seen it. That's what you said. Uh, so, yeah. But yeah, it was a very eventful episode. I think I'm very surprised that they, this is what let, you know, the fact that at the end of the argument, she's like, we should spend the honeymoon apart. I, I didn't think anything was that bad. And we didn't get a confessional, I guess, is what, like to just know where her headspace was at. So, anyways, all right. Aid, who has your bouquet this week? I'm gonna do a caveat. I just can't give it to Nicole and Chris every week, so I gotta come up with some reasons to give other people bouquets. Okay. <laughs> For low key, called each other ugly. My bouquet goes to Ares. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I have not laughed that hard in a while. <laughs> and that girl's name. We couldn't remember Nicole's name. That was funny too. <laughs> Who has yours? Ironically, it goes to Chris and Nicole. I just really appreciated the conversation that they had when they were in the kayak and just thinking about each other and appreciating. Like, this is what the process is made for. And I appreciated it this week. Who has your burnt ashes? It was tough. It was real tough. But I'm going to go ahead and give it to Kirsten. Okay. Because I don't understand how people are getting away with... She keeps on talking about his bald head. She has now talked about his bald head in front of other people. And yet no one's coming to crucify her. But I am. I am coming. (laughs) It's really rude. And I think she's really hurting his feelings. And I don't appreciate it. Yeah. And he's really trying. It's not like she has a terrible husband. You know, actually, I'm going to give it to her husband, too, a little bit, because <laughs> I just thought to myself, this is why the couple shouldn't meet up. How quickly is Kirsten going to get on the text message talking about, well, you know, your husband's telling my husband and all the boys that he's not attracted to you. <laughs> Don't they know that this pillow talk, though? <laughs> anyway, who has your burnt ashes? Oh, they all deserved it this week. They were all pretty annoying, but it had to be Gina. That 26-inch comment just, ugh, no, no. And then also when you say, I do hair, I specialize in red hair. What? Who? What? What? (laughs) No. I had to rewind a couple times because I was like, what does she mean? What is her? I thought she literally meant like, oh, I specialize in dating redheads. (laughs) Anyways, um, that's it for this week, everybody. You can find Tane on the rewatch with Nana. They're covering season six of Sex and the City. This week, they did A Woman's Right to Shoes, which is <laughs> the first episode of Sex and the City that I've ever watched. And I can't wait to listen to their episode about it. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at AlterCallMAFS. That's A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. We love hearing from you guys on social media. Yes, we're available everywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to our show. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. Please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And join our Patreon. Like, this is going to be a good episode of After Party. And for the first time, I think I'm going to disagree with Keisha. So, good one. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everyone. Bye.
Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately! Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby! Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.